For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about Summer League today as we sort of get into this next stage of the offseason where the Nuggets, most of the free agency stuff has started to wind down here. Obviously, there are some things out in the rest of the league that the Nuggets don't necessarily like. It doesn't necessarily pertain to some of the Nuggets stuff, but if Kevin Durant goes to a Western Conference team, then of course we're going to talk about it and, and talk about how it affects Denver. Same thing with Kyrie Irving, by the way. But we went to Summer League practice today, and, and it was my first time in the building for the Summer League practices, and it was a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed myself and got to get to know some of the Summer League players a little bit better. Uh, we're going to talk about that experience in the first segment. We'll preview Summer League itself for Denver in the second segment. And then in the third segment, I've got something, uh, so, so a little surprise that I want to share. Just just talking about the healthy nuggets and, and what it sort of means for Denver to get healthy again. But for now, first Nuggets Summer League practice for me, it's actually the third that the Nuggets have done themselves and lo and behold, I was not the only celebrity in the building. No, uh, Jamal Murray was also there too. Uh, I was caught off guard by that. I didn't expect to see Jamal there, obviously, but uh, he was in the building and getting up some shots and actually participating in some of the scrimmaging and some of the drills that they were doing with some of the younger guys, with the summer league guys. That's impressive. That's that's interesting. I, I obviously he was with Team Canada for the early part of this, but he came to work. He came to meet some of his new teammates, get some work in. How much work I can't really say for sure. The media wasn't allowed to see the Jamal portion of the practices, but apparently he looks great. Uh, Jonte's Porter said it. Ryan Bowen said it. Uh, the summer league head coach for the Nuggets. It's been tough. Not getting a bunch of Jamal updates over the course of this summer. I think Nuggets fans are starving, waiting for Jamal Murray to get back out there on the court. I know I'm not making it easier on them by 
producing some of these highlight packages over the course of these last couple weeks of the Nuggets when they were healthy between uh, Murray's uh, highlights and Michael Porter's highlights, etc. But it does sort of seem like the Nuggets at this point are very excited to get Jamal back and that he is going to be back very shortly. He showed up at Team Canada practices, Was had his picture taken, obviously. Uh, came to Nuggets Summer League practice, apparently scrimmaged for a bit. I know he's going to go to Las Vegas for a little bit, catch some Summer League action. And uh, from what I understand, Murray is just about back and fully ready to go. If the Nuggets had a playoff game tomorrow, I think Jamal Murray would play in said playoff game. Uh, he tore the ACL. In April, April 12th of 2021, had the surgery April 21st. It's been over 14 months since then. Uh, So it's not really a surprise that he is at this stage and ready to go now. But uh, until he gets back out there on the court, I can understand the consternation from other Nuggets fans for sure. Uh, But I do think that once he gets ready to go, going to start seeing some videos, going to start seeing a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, that the team is producing, that Jamal and then the Nuggets PR sort of clears. So we're going to start getting those tidbits, and it's going to be later in the summer, of course, but I am excited to see it for sure. Uh, But Nuggets fans, don't worry. Uh, Jamal's going to be ready. It's going to be fine. Now, the rest of the summer Nuggets were also, of course, in the gym. And I talked to some Nuggets folks, and apparently a couple of the players that are really standing out right now Adonis Arms and Matt Mitchell. Adonis Arms, Texas Tech guy. Uh, he's bounced around to a few teams uh, between JUCO, between uh, pretty sure it was Winthrop, and then he went to Texas Tech for a year. And so it's very interesting to see his kind of growth and, and how he hasn't really played that much high-level college ball. But what he did show was pretty impressive. Uh, Nuggets fans will be pretty impressed, I think, with Arms. I didn't get a chance to speak to him on Sunday when he spoke to the media, I think. But it, it does uh, actually, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't speak to Arms. But I did speak to Mitchell, uh, Matt Mitchell, who played four years for San Diego State and then went abroad and played for Strasburg in the same league that Ismael Kamigate played for uh, Denver's second round pick this year. French League, Pro A, pretty sure. Speaking of Kamigate, he hasn't been allowed to play with Denver just yet because of his because his draft pick, 46th overall, it's actually tied up to the Jeremy Grant trade, which can't be completed until the July 6th moratorium period ends, I believe. But the Nuggets expect Kamigate to be able to practice tomorrow, and I assume that he is going to speak. Uh, the Nuggets are going to practice one more time tomorrow, and then they will be heading to... Las Vegas, I think either on the 7th or maybe the afternoon of the 6th. Their game is the 8th. It's July 8th. That's actually the same day as my move. So you will we'll just have to wait and see on my front in terms of producing content and what I can do. But uh, it is exciting to see what the Nuggets are going to be able to do at Summer League. One of the reasons for that, it's not just the starters that they have. There's a lot of draft picks tied up with the Nuggets. Like, Obviously, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Colin Gillespie, Ismael Kamigate, but they also have Jonte Porter. Jonte Porter on the roster, he spoke to the media today. 
Uh, he was pretty cool. Seems like a good dude. Uh, he's he's been around his brother a lot, and and some folks may be like, oh, that's that's not necessarily a good thing. I, I sort of get a different impression from Jonte and his personality than I do from Michael. So take that with a grain of salt because we spoke to the guy for about seven minutes. Uh, so it's not really a surprise though. He's he's seems very intelligent basketball wise. I've always loved his game. Because it's kind of reminded me of the college version of Nikola Jokic. Some other uh, players have received that comp before. Trevion Williams has received that comp before. Jonte Porter was kind of the original Jokic approximate in college. He's not as skilled, probably doesn't have the same level of shooting touch, but he is really incredible as a passer and a playmaker. Somebody who can see the court from the high post, See the court from the low post. He can make passes on the move. He can operate as kind of the point center. Doing a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. So I do think there's an outside chance that he sticks with the Nuggets on a two-way contract. Denver could probably use another player that could play the five. It wouldn't surprise me if they went that direction for sure. Ryan Bowen spoke. He is going to be the, the summer league head coach for Denver. He's on Denver's assistant staff. He was great too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to speak, I guess, more about Ryan Bowen in an article that I'm going to pre-producing on MileHighSports.com for um, just kind of a summer league preview a little bit. But I'm looking forward to hearing more from Ryan Bowen tomorrow. Strikes me as a good summer league coach, somebody that he, he produces good vibes. He's a good person to talk to. Definitely going to be very positive with all of these guys and knows, knows that it's a showcase, but also that it's a learning and teaching event that these guys are going to be pretty successful if he gives them the opportunity to do so. Uh, so it's going to be up to them. It's going to be up to all these players, but I am excited to see what it's, what it's all about. When we got there today in the building, there was a big scrimmage going on. Seemed pretty competitive. Lots of people in the gym. It was initially closed to the media, but when media came in there, there were probably about 100 total people in the gym. It was pretty full, and it's it's like one court. So it is not easy, I think, to, to get everybody on the floor or, or like in that room. But we managed. We did it. And it, it was very interesting to see how many people were there. Uh, Michael Malone was there. Calvin... I, I don't know if Calvin Booth was there, actually. I'm not sure if I saw him, but I definitely saw Popeye Jones. Uh, Jamal obviously was there for a little bit. Bones, forgot to mention him. I'll talk about him a little bit in the next segment, but he was there and he's been playing as well. But yeah, should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm getting excited for Summer League. It is a very fun time to be able to see these players in their element a little bit. And to see what they can do and how they respond to certain situations when they're kind of the only ones that can solve those problems. They can't really rely on the veteran to be able to do it, the star player to be able to do it. So you've got to step up or step aside. So we will see what they do. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we will do kind of a more in-depth preview of the Summer League roster, kind of the top eight guys that I see on the Summer League roster right now. But first... This podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Summer is here and there's no better time to make your first bet with Superbook Sports. Along with its usual vast betting menu, Superbook already has a lineup for every pro football game this fall. 
Plus, when you make your first deposit on the Superbook app or sign up at Superbook.com, they will match 100% of your money up to $500. It's never too early to start thinking about football at Superbook Sports. Place your bet and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Back, pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support, as always, on the program. All right, let's talk about Summer League here real quick. Let's talk about what the Nuggets are going to be doing, who they're going to be bringing out there. Uh, a, a key, I think, factor in this is to not overvalue Summer League because sometimes guys will show some very strong traits. They'll show some very... Uh, bad signs at times, and it's never as good or as bad as it seems. That's that's generally the rule that you have to use to approach kind of an exhibition setting like this, where it can like sometimes guys can be really good in these sort of settings and showcase that they are ready for the pros. I think Bones Highland was very much like this, where he showed he could be more of a point guard, and then that absolutely turned out to be so at the NBA level. Guys like Zeke Naji, he looked like he might be behind Bull Bull in the pecking order at times because of what he showed when he was out there. But as it turns out, it wasn't that big of a deal. And that when he was placed back into his regular role, he made a lot more sense and played really, really well. So I do think that Denver at this point, and like Nuggets fans in general should know this, don't overreact. Uh, enjoy the highlights that pop up, enjoy what these guys provide. It does not mean that these guys are going to be in the rotation. It does not mean that these guys are going to get kicked out of the NBA. It's going to take a little bit for that. Denver's likely starting lineup heading into this thing is going to be Colin Gillespie, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Matt Mitchell, and Ismael Kamigate. Now, there's no Bones. There's no Zeke on these rosters. It's unfortunate. It would have been cool to see Bones at least run with these guys just a little bit. He has been in the building, has been around. I'm not surprised that he's in this situation, that that like he's kind of elevated himself beyond that. But it would be nice to see him get additional reps and just really be the focus and the focal point of what opposing teams are kind of game planning for. But there probably isn't that much of a a major benefit to it. And with Zeke, we've already seen it. Like, it might not be a good summer league environment for him anyway, so don't need to rehash that. But on an aside, uh, I wrote on Tuesday morning about Bruce Brown. My real takeaway from that article, though, and from the research that I did, was that Bones Highland is just going to – he's going to have so much pressure on him next year. There is a lot – that the Nuggets are putting on his plate. He had one of the highest usage rates on the team last year. I think it was like 23, 24% or so as a rookie. And he was still able to kind of stay league average, true true shooting-wise. Like, it was pretty good. But he's going to take a lot of shots, and he's going to have a lot of high usage because there's no other guys on Denver's bench unit that are kind of projected to be high usage guys. Bruce Brown doesn't really project that way. 
Neither does Zeke Najee, Jeff Green, Davon Reed, etc. It means that Denver's probably going to stagger their stars a little bit more, probably honestly a fair amount to help out Bones. But anyway, uh, back to Summer League here. Colin Gillespie, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Matt Mitchell, Ismael Kamigate. Colin Gillespie is a fifth-year Villanova senior. He's been running offenses for a long time, and he's been doing it for a pro-ready system at Villanova, where you've seen all of these guys just be really successful. Josh Hart, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson. Uh, There are others that I'm not thinking of immediately. Sadiq Bey is another guy. These guys, especially lately, they're more role player types than they are star types, but they are all pretty good. And it means like, I think it means a lot to me when it comes to Colin Gillespie and how he can sort of run things. He's not a traditional point guard, I would say. Definitely more of a shooting and scoring point guard in general, just based off of what he's shown lately. But he is a good shooter. There is no doubt about that. I'm just watching him shoot. He is very, very good. I'm very impressed with what he does. It wouldn't surprise me if he had a 20-point gamer here or there, even if he doesn't take a lot of shots, because he's just going to be comfortable with the ball, I think. Christian Brown? I think you're probably going to see some of the same things, though it wouldn't surprise me if Brown, when he takes more of a a leadership role in this case, where he's kind of the one of the leaders on the team, maybe not from a uh, as much a vocal standpoint or just like a traditional leadership standpoint, but when he takes on more playmaking and scoring responsibility, there will probably be some drawbacks. There will probably be some things where he learns from that experience and probably won't be that level of player again. But I am curious to see what happens when he tries to run 20 pick and rolls in a game or, I don't know, like start to play the ISO game a little bit more, see what he can do from a creation standpoint as a scorer. Not necessarily his best uh, from that perspective, but I do think that he has the capability to show a little bit more than what he did. Uh, but we're going to see. We're going to see what he did. We're going to see what he does. I want to see him locked down defensively. I want to see what his passion, what his energy level looks like when he's getting into players and making them struggle. Uh, kind of like Davion Mitchell last year with the Sacramento Kings. He was a bitch to go against. Just, just watching what he did and how he really focused in on the playmakers and trying to shut down as many of them as possible. He did it really well, especially in the summer league environment. So maybe Christian Brown could do something similar. And same with Peyton Watson, by the way. Another strong defender who's been getting some good pub at these summer league practices for sure. He strikes me as a player that's going to be better in an open court situation than where he was at UCLA. Things were a little bit more controlled. Things were like he had a lot of pressure on him kind of being the backup to a team that had major title aspirations. He just couldn't make any mistakes and they wouldn't really live with his mistakes in that situation. So the Nuggets are going to make him make mistakes. They're going to ask him to make mistakes, honestly, with how often they are going to put the ball in his hands and showcase his passing, see if he could develop some scoring habits or at least better scoring habits. But he strikes me as a player that I think he had a deflection or at least a defensive stop in the scrimmages from today uh, that, I, that I filmed specifically. But 
he seems like another player along with Christian Brown that should be successful defensively in summer league. So I do think that Denver is going to run mostly a switching scheme when it comes to one through four. Uh, Matt Mitchell definitely plays into that as well, where at San Diego Stadium is a good jump shooter, good post game, good defender, good rebounder. 6'6", 235, built like Jayshon Tate. Definitely somebody that throws around his weight a little bit, that throws around his muscle a little bit and gets into players and creates space for himself that way. But he can do that on the defensive end, just like Christian Brown, just like Peyton Watson. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Denver's defense specifically. They might be a pretty good defense in summer league. We're just going to have to see. But very, very interested to see what Denver does here. Uh, Matt Mitchell feels like a guy that could compete for a two-way spot along with Adonis Arms. Uh, he was a 36% three-point shooter in college. Jay Sean Tate was 27.7% at Ohio State. And he's developed into a solid three-point shooter, Tate has. So I do think that there is a, a world of possibility where a guy like that just develops and he, he improves and what he shows physically and strength-wise and athleticism-wise, that translates to the next level a little bit. Now, we'll see whether he's a good enough athlete to sort of hang with more NBA-style athletes, but he was successful with Strasburg. So, we will see. Ismail Kamigate, as I mentioned, hasn't played in, in practices yet with the Nuggets Summer League team, but it is expected that he will tomorrow, as I record this on Tuesday night. Uh, he should be the starting center in all likelihood, and if he's out there, then expect the Nuggets to run him in pick and rolls a bunch, where Colin Gillespie will run some pick and rolls, uh, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, all those guys will have their own opportunities, and then there will be some times where I think he's going to be in the dunker spot, or he's going to be kind of on the baseline waiting for a jumper. Maybe he's all the way spaced out to three. Uh, he's not really an outside shooter, and Denver probably won't make him into an outside shooter during this time. They'll probably try to keep things a little bit more simple. But I do think that he's a guy that could flash some really strong traits over the course of this time. Strong defender, good length, good athleticism for his position, 7'3 wingspan, pretty agile at his size. And he strikes me as a guy that could be very quick off his feet and block some serious shots. So we will see what he ultimately does. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be challenged at Summer League and when Denver's kind of in their own half-court settings. Uh, so maybe he's a guy that is also a candidate for that two-way spot. I hadn't really given it much consideration because Harrison Wind of DNVR sort of reported that, yeah, he's, the plan is for him to go back abroad, for him to go back overseas and, and kind of be stashed for at least another year. But hell, DeAndre Jordan's the only true backup center. I think Denver's plan this year is to play Zeke Naji at the five. Jeff Green is probably their second best option, and he's going to be 36 years old. Maybe it's not the worst idea in the world to bring over Kamigate and put him on a two-way contract. I'm not sure if that's something that his agent would want to do. But if he gets into the United States a little bit sooner, then I think there's a higher likelihood that he stays here than if he kind of goes and then is forgotten after two or three years. So we'll see. Adonis Arms, as I mentioned, 24 years old, didn't spend a ton of time in college. 
a couple of years at JUCO, a year at Winthrop, and then a, a transfer year at Texas Tech this last year. The first thing you noticed about arms, I think, is his shoulders. It's not his arms, and I know that a lot of people want to point that out and make that joke, but he's got a big frame. He's got a big, big frame. He holds his arms at his sides like a cowboy with his hands near his holsters, strong and imposing in that regard, and definitely somebody that when he's in a defensive stance and ready to go, he's going to be physically imposing against a lot of people. He's only six foot six, but I have to imagine his wingspan is at least like 6'10", and it's pretty impressive. He makes some good defensive plays. Also has some really impressive playmaking while he was at Texas Tech. Made some good, fantastic reads, uh, whether he was hitting a cutter or hitting the roll man or hitting the corner spot-up shooter. Doing a lot of good things when he's on the move and as a playmaker. So we're going to see. We're going to see whether he can be a good athlete at the NBA level, whether you can get downhill, score through traffic, do all the things you'd want a a ball handler to do. He strikes me as a good bet as a defensive wing. And it's it's not surprising that Kamigate, they sort of feel like he'll probably be a draft and stash. Because if you're looking to add another two-way guy, kind of makes sense to add another two-way wing as well. Uh, Adonis Arms would certainly qualify. Matt Mitchell, I think, would certainly qualify. Jante Porter would not, but Jante is still 22 years old and kind of like Kamigate is a backup center type that I think would be a pretty good candidate for Denver. Jante Porter is still just 22 years old. He'll be 23 by the time the season starts, and he was very young when he was a freshman back in 2017-18. He actually classified up to play with Michael Porter despite being a year younger. And so Mike... When he was at Missouri, he didn't really play, but Jonte did. And he won sixth man of the year back when he was at Missouri and had some really good numbers. Elite passer should feast in this summer league environment for sure. Strikes me as a guy that when he's healthy, he'll play a similar style to Jokic for that team and do a little bit of everything. Do a little bit of passing, do a little bit of uh, facilitation from the top of the key. Uh, but he can also get into the low post and has some good touch, so... Should be very interesting to watch him grow. Uh, Strikes me as a guy that you want on your team because he's got high IQ court vision. Somebody who's going to see the floor really well and just be a guy that you want to have uh, helping you solve problems for your team. If he can hit outside jumpers and stay healthy, he's definitely an NBA talent, that's for sure. And then finally here, Teddy Allen is another name that I think Nuggets fans should know. Straight up bucket. Somebody that when he he kind of bounced around to a couple of different places, but uh, he was at Nebraska and scored 41 points in a game while at Nebraska, I think as a junior. And then as a senior, just a straight up bucket at New Mexico State. First game of the uh, NCAA tournament against UConn. New Mexico State's a 12 seed. UConn's a 5 seed. Teddy Allen dropped 37 on them and was just hitting some crazy shots. It's not quite like Steph Curry or uh, Jimmer for dead or anything like that, but he he was very confident and pulling up and taking some bad shots and making them pretty regularly. So the next round of that series, Arkansas, they kind of face guarded him. They doubled him off the dribble. They did not let him get hot. And as a result, New Mexico State only scored 48 points and they lost by five. So I do think that's 
Teddy Allen's a pretty interesting bet to make. Unlike Jimmer Fredette, Allen is six foot six. He's already got that kind of physical profile that you would hope for in a wing. He might not be the best vertical athlete or anything like that. And he's definitely kind of like the, the jumper goes in, to be clear. It is kind of a janky form. And I wonder if that will give him some problems at the NBA level a little bit when he's trying to get off quick shots. But he does feel like a player that you're afraid to let him get hot because he can go off for 12 points in a quarter, 15 points in a quarter, 20 points in a quarter, and not really break a sweat because of the types of shots that he can hit. So we will see what he looks like. And as for the other players, I I think we've got to play the waiting game and just wait to see who really produces, who comes out ready to play and wants that spot. There are some other names that I could go over here, but I know people are just looking for the kind of the highlights. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. Uh, But I do think that any of those guys that I mentioned that aren't on the roster right now, uh, you could go with Matt Mitchell. You could go with Kamigate, Adonis Arms, Jonte Porter, Teddy Allen. All those guys could potentially make the roster. I don't know if any of them are. And the good thing about Summer League is that while you're at Summer League, you get to watch the other 29 teams play. And there might be a player that you'd like to get onto your roster. So we will see whether Denver retains one of their guys or if they go out and get somebody else. But I do think that this is a good opportunity to kind of add one final small puzzle piece to see if they can become a better team as a result. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the healthy nuggets and what that really means. We'll be right back. Back at it, pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Final segment, and this one will probably be short. But I just wanted to... I've seen some definite uptick in conversation about, for next season, what the Nuggets are going to look like. Everybody talks about, oh man, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are going to get healthy. The the Nuggets are scary. Like, the Nuggets are going to be scary. Or you get kind of the, the other side of the coin where analysts and people that talk about the Nuggets and the NBA sort of label the team as injury prone. They're they're definitely uh, one step away from being the same exact team that they were this year. And to some degree, that those takes are both true. Uh, But I do think that it's more nuanced than that. And I, I just want to make sure that everybody knows just how good the Nuggets were and, and how good Jamal Murray and Michael Porter were before ultimately going down. There are some hidden gems back in that stretch where Denver played, I think, the Hawks, then the Sixers, then the Clippers, then like the Magic. They played a lot of teams, or not not a lot of teams. They played like four or five games in which all five of Denver's projected starters, Murray, Barton, Porter, Gordon, Jokic, where all five of those guys were on the court at the same time, and they just killed people. The only reason some of those games weren't bigger blowouts was because the team was a little bit, they were kind of a little bit lax at times, not necessarily putting the pedal to the metal in ways that I think would be a little bit different now where 
Jokic, I think, is a little bit more serious now. I think uh, rather than just having fun with it and, and really uh, freeballing it a little bit, these guys, there's there's a little bit more professionalism at this stage now that Denver's kind of lost this time. But I do think that when we look back at this team, like I, one of the games that I picked up and that I posted on Twitter, if you want to see it, just go check my go check my tweets. Um, but also just look up Nugget Sixers full game highlights back on like March 30th. It's the game before the Clippers game that everybody kind of references as the game where Denver really showed who they could be. They played the healthy Clippers that game on national TV and just really controlled the entire game from start to finish. The Clippers got close at various points, but the Nuggets really put them away and it wasn't that close. So my thing here is that look at the game before that, where Michael Porter had like 27 points, Murray had like 25. There was a moment in the second quarter where Denver had put up 70 points already, and Jokic's stat line pops up on the screen, and it's 10-5-4. If he had 10-5-4 this year at half, I would have been like, What's wrong with Jokic? He's not really that aggressive tonight, is he? And that's insanity. That's an insane thing to say. That the Nuggets have been so spoiled by what Jokic has done that 10-5-4 would look pretty pedestrian at times, but it was. And back when they were at their peak, where all of these other guys were contributing as well, that's all Jokic had to do during that stretch. Because Porter was still averaging 20-plus. Murray was still averaging about 25. Jokic was at like 20, 10, and 10. Or somewhere close to it. Because that's all he needed to do. Gordon was being integrated. Denver still had some good bench play. There were some really, really impressive moments for that group. And I just think it needs to be said. And needs to be reiterated ad nauseum that there were some serious people about to pick the Nuggets for the finals and to win the actual title before Jamal went down, before Michael Porter kind of went down with his own thing. So I don't know why I wanted to talk about this. I think one of the reasons is because when, when people talk about the Nuggets now, there's this sort of impression of what they have of what the Nuggets possibly were. Oh man, they were just dominant. They were so good. But they couldn't really defend anybody. During that stretch that everybody talks about, the Nuggets were really good defensively. And they didn't have as good defensive personnel as they do now, where Contavious Caldwell-Pope is just a better defender and more versatile defender than Barton. Bruce Brown, I think P.J. Dozier at times was just as impactful in that season. But I do think that Bruce Brown, he's even more uh, of a utility piece than somebody like a P.J. Dozier was. So Denver's got these other pieces now where you can mix and match and produce some crazy configurations, some crazy lineups. Think about their top seven, where now you've got Murray, KCP, Porter, Gordon, Jokic. That's going to be your starters. But I could just as easily throw... Bones Highland and Bruce Brown in there for any of those two guys, for any two guys. And Denver can be really competitive. 
in every single situation. KCP has the size to play the three at least temporarily, and that's going to give Denver some opportunity to move Gordon to the four, to move Porter to the four, and kind of stagger those guys a little bit. Maybe give the bench some additional rebounding and some additional oomph when those guys come back into the game to stagger with the bench. There are going to be a lot of different ways for the Nuggets to win games next year. And it's not going to have to be Jokic being a two-time MVP. But the great thing about Denver is that they know Jokic can reach that level. They know that he can deliver at that stage if things aren't necessarily going well. All they have to do is feed him. And then you space the floor at the post and realize, okay, so let's let's say you take Gordon out. Let's say you put Bones in. You've got Bones, Murray, KCP, Porter, and Jokic. You don't think Denver can score on anybody with that lineup? There is no doubt in my mind that they will score at will with a lineup like that, where you space the floor, you make sure that everybody has an opportunity to touch the ball. It isn't just going to be Jokic, but he's going to be starting everything. It's going to be glorious. But there are going to be just as many moments, I think, where Murray starts to look like himself, where Porter starts to look like himself, and those guys just go off for 15-point quarters here or there. Basically give Jokic the time off. I was doing some data work at the end of last season when kind of campaigning for Jokic's MVP. That Denver, kind of as a team, outside of outside of Jokic, had very, very few 20-point games and 25-point games. They were some of the fewest in the league in terms of actual supporting cast. So it's not really a surprise because it's, it just wasn't the way that Denver was built. But if you introduce Murray and Porter back into that, now you don't necessarily need 25 to 30 points from Jokic every night in order to be successful. The Nuggets had to have that this last year. It's one of the reasons why Jokic won the MVP, because they wouldn't have been able to win those games if he didn't put up 27 every night. Now he can go back to averaging 24 or 23, and Denver is still going to be exceedingly potent. So I am looking forward to being able to gloat about this. I'm looking forward to being able to take credit for this, not for my own personal like, like, oh man, I did this or anything like that, but Nuggets fans that were along the ride, they saw the vision. They knew what was going to happen. They knew just how good this team could be. And when they saw it, they saw all of their dreams sort of manifest into this glorious two-week stretch where Denver just could not be stopped. So I am looking forward to what Denver can do. I'm looking forward to see Jamal Murray again on the basketball court. Hopefully we get some nice summer video at some points, even if it's just like open runs and he's not necessarily doing anything crazy. But I would love to see him dunking. Would love to see him just breaking down some people off the dribble. And maybe we'll get to see some of that. Maybe maybe we'll see it tomorrow. I don't know. But I am very curious as to how that's going. Apparently Michael Porter looks good, as told by Jonte Porter. So hopefully Denver has those guys kind of going the same direction by the time the season starts. Everybody say your prayers. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support, as always. I don't know what's happening 
over the course of I, I think I'll I think I'll probably record a podcast on Thursday night. Probably get a guest on for that one. Just talk about where Denver's at and talk about maybe some of the outstanding free agent decisions that are still going on and maybe the Kevin Durant saga. Wanna talk about that with somebody and make sure that it's not just my ideas that you hear you hear that these dulcet tones excuse my stammering towards the end of this thing. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all of the support. I'll talk to you guys Thursday night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.